I'm excited that we're at that place where this generation and our youth and everybody is seeing it for what it is now and that we could really influence long-term change constitutional institutional systematic change we cannot think about it any other way Hmm. welcome home this is your girl valerie aka priestess super vixen a conversationalist you're in my room enchanting asheville In this show, you hear the voices of people of color and those who love them. In Asheville, North Carolina, and beyond. 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 Peace. Love. 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 Harmony. 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 Wealth. 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 Welcome home, Ashevillians and curious travelers. This is your girl, Valerie, a.k.a. Crazy Super Vixen. And you're listening to Enchanting Asheville, where you hear the voices of people of color and those who love them. Today, we will have two guests. Director of YMI Cultural Center for African Americans, Domwana Little. She wears several hats of experiences pulling together grassroots organizations, black small businesses, and community talent back to YMI. The other guest is another mastermind of activism. She co-organized Building Bridges, which educates the public on racial equity disparities, its causes, and solutions. Today, she's here as business co-owner of Noir Collective Asheville, located in the YMI, Alexandria Ravenel. Now it's time for the On the Ground Update, where you get the latest on what's happening in Asheville with the Black Lives Matter movement and equity initiatives in our community. Here's Savannah Gibson, our witchy field correspondent and local activist in Asheville. Savannah! Thank you, Valerie. This on-the-ground update is coming to you from the evening of August 11th. Today, I'm going to start off with an update from the Racial Justice Coalition. Last week, I came to you with an advocacy action from the Racial Justice Coalition asking that you reach out to DA Todd Williams to extend the probation of Officer Chris Hickman. Since that time, racial justice advocates have been reaching out to Buncombe County District Attorney Todd Williams and other officials all week, debating that justice in the case of Johnny Rush and Chris Pickman. Based on these conversations, we've learned that the hearing has been assigned to Judge Coward of Franklin, North Carolina, rather than one of the two Buncombe County judges we presumed. In addition, the hearing won't take place on August 10th, as we believed, i.e. yesterday, and a new date has yet to been set. Keep on the Look out for updates regarding the new court date, and the Race Justice Coalition encourages people to continue to reach out to District Attorney Todd Williams in regards to extending the probation of Christopher Hickman formally. In other local advocacy news, the RNs of Mission Hospital are attempting to unionize. 
On August 4th, the National Labor Relations Board announced that they would be sending out mail ballots to registered nurses who work at Mission Hospital and the St. Joseph's campus on August 18th. The votes will be continue to be collected until September 16th. Though there isn't much that we can do on the ground to help make sure that nurses are able to unionize, supporters and organizers of the unionization are asking that folks who are in support as well show that they are by posting to social media and encouraging others to do so as well. Moving into voting, today Kamala Harris was named the presidential VP for the Democratic Party. Additionally, Democracy in C is currently looking for poll monitors for this upcoming election. If you're interested in being a poll monitor, go over to Democracy in C's website to learn more information. If you aren't registered to vote, you can also check your registration status there as well. And you can also find additional resources to help streamline your voting process in this 2020 election. Finally, the YWC of Asheville has recently released a 21-day racial equity challenge. If you're interested in continuing to build your framework for racial equity, you can do so by following along with this 21-day challenge. Though the challenge already began this past Sunday, there's still time to register and participate. That's all I've got for you tonight, Valerie. Back to you. Thanks, Savannah. Now about that interview. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome back, Ashevillians and travelers. You know who I am. This is your girl, Valerie, a.k.a. Priest, the Super Vixen. And in the house today, we have two nicely melanated queens up in here. All right, y'all calm down. I know it's exciting. We're going to be talking about an opening, new, fresh, boutique that's called Noir Collective ABL and it's being supported by our cultural center in Asheville called the YMI Cultural Center it's a venue and it offers galleries and other access to the black American experience here in Asheville welcome Miss Dewana how you doing I am good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm well. And Miss Alexandria Ravenel of Noir Collective Asheville, how are you today? Absolutely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. We're going to be talking a lot about these experiences that got us where we are in such a crazy time dealing with our Black Lives Matters initiatives and dealing with COVID-19 all at the same time. All right. Well, right now, I want to give you just a little bit of information about that here, YMI. YMI Cultural Center has been the hub of African-American culture in Asheville for over 125 years. Oh, yeah, and it's counting. If the building could talk, it would express how the Eagle Street community was where top black entertainers and dignitaries were made at home here in Asheville since 1893. The center was named the Young Men's Institute, and the YMI kept its name over these years. Mr. Wana Little, our director of YMI, how has the purpose of the YMI changed for our community since its inception? 
That's a great question. The YMI is in a new place um, today. It, it, it still maintains its historical relevance and the importance of why it was built and the history because it was built by black people for black people regardless of what it it initially been established for men to to resemble the ymca of that time mm. it has over the years transitioned into an all-encompassing venue space and activity space for black people and so at this stage and 2020 <laughs> we are we are elevating black culture um through cultural and economic and leadership development activities and we are establishing programs that can help advance us as black people um the ymi is led by black people it is for black people it is our black space um in downtown Asheville and preserving that and maintaining that is our mission and also being an asset to our community and what we do and not just building programs to meet funding obligations but building programs to meet obligations to our community and to for advancement and so we are in this build out phase right now and so that we have more space to utilize to to to, for black people to have access to in downtown Asheville, and we're real intentional, and I use the term black freely because <laughs> our mission is specific to black people, and I'm unapologetic about that, and that's it's a beautiful thing to be in the position that I am within the agency that I am and doing this work with community. Miss Little, folks know we get emails. We get. We even got group emails for what's happening with the YMI that we connect to. So it's like you, you can't even have a thought. You have a thought. We all know what's going on at the YMI, okay? And that is the – I think if the founders of the YMI could look at what we're doing now, they would have been like, good job, children. Good job. You know, they got to be smiling upon us. And I'm impressed every time that I find out there's a new initiative that's happening there. There's, there's more ways for us to think about self-sustainability. We're not even going to talk about the times you actually be feeding us folk. Food be laid out <laughs> at these events. But we be, that, that's some good food right there, boy. We, we enjoy our times there at the YMI. I just had to throw that in. <laughs> However... How has the Black Lives Matter initiative changed our community focus of the YMI? I think it's built, it's reestablished the importance of the agency because over the years, the YMI has been forgotten or disconnected or wasn't as active. Mm. And, and that's the reality that, that I am trying to, to change the perception of. Um, and mm. so um, me and just the community and the, the team that's really wrapping around the YMI in this time to really be that space that we were built, to be that advocacy space, to allow 
organizing and movement work to happen within the space because that's what we was built to do. This movement, we were mm. built for this movement. Ain't okay now. Like, <laughs> and so I try to make us as available as possible. Right. For anything that's further in the movement as we fight as black people for human rights. And people like to say this is a, a uh, civil rights movement. This is a human rights movement right now for black people because we was perceived as property when it, the establishment of this, com this country, like cattle and sheep. You know what I mean? So I like <laughs> for me, it's just I guess my passion about us being perceived and not no longer having to fight this human rights the human rights battle within every structure and everything that we do and, and live and just to live. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I make us available. I open our spaces up. I like call me if you need space and you trying to move us forward in this, in this movement, call me. I got you. You know what I mean? All like right. right, we here, we, that's what we are. We are built to be that agency in that space to do this work. So like, I'm excited that we're at that place where we, this generation and our youth and just everybody is seeing it for what it is now and that we could really influence, like, long-term yes. change. Absolutely. Constitutional, institutional, systematic change. We cannot think about it any other way. So I'm just, I'm glad, like, I'm glad the YMI is that space in this movement. And... We here, and we here, and we are active in this movement, and we go stay active. We go stay at the tables, advocating for human rights. I like that point that you made, that we were made for these times. We were made for it. We were born for it, and everybody got a particular, unique way to contribute to this movement. Start with being who you are, being real, if you're an artist, be about that art. If you're a baker, be about that baking. Everybody has a place in this movement and we need everybody on board, everybody. No matter what your differences are, we all gotta eat. We all want to be respected. We all want to feel safe. We all want to prosper. That's basic for anybody. So right now, we are born for these times. We're definitely born for these times. So what made the YMI expand its arms for Noir Collection Asheville Boutique? So for us, um, it was an easy it was an easy thing. It was something we wanted to support when it was presented to us. Because I the YMI over some time had black people had lost their space mm. a space that was built for them and even when i came in into my position there was no space for us in that building you know what i mean mm. and in any of our properties <laughs> our street fronts our office space like and that's the reality there was no our black space was our office where we were working and as two staff and me, you know what I wow. mean? And the rest was monopolized by white faces. And that's fine. It wasn't that they were bad tenants or anything like that. But the building was built for black people. I feel you. It I was you. built for black people by black people. 
black mm. people used collective economics to buy that space in 1905 from the Vanderbilts for black people. Like, it was the epicenter all of this time for black people. Like, it was built for us, like, mm. period. And as executive director and, and given our mission and given who I am and the, just the role that the YMI played in my life growing up. You know what I mean? I came yes. here and went to programs and events and things like that. And for it not, like for me to grow up having them lock-ins, the dances, like we, it was going, it was popping when I, you know what I'm <laughs> Like for real, it was okay. popping when I was growing up. You okay. know what I mean? So it, for my kids not to have access to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not to feel a sense of place when they walk into that building. Like, I got the feel. It was, it was a no-brainer to be able to have a street front property that was now available mm. in our building that we can give black artists and black people the opportunity to sell their products on a yes. street front property in downtown Asheville in the historically black business district. Like you can't take the history out of the space. Wow. And so it was it was easy. So it was like, how do we make this happen? <laughs> Like that's just how it how it transitioned. Like how do we make this happen? And the conversations just kept going. So I'm like I'm excited to be able to I'll open our arms and offer that opportunity. And then I, I know them people and I love them. Them family. I know them people and I love them. And they think community. They yes. thinking bigger than themselves. Oh. And it's all it's community focused. Like, like that. we can like they their program is amazing and what they presented is amazing and I just wanna support it any way I can. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> Miss Alexandria Ravenel, <laughs> one of the many faces that's on that committee, because I'm trying to give credit for those that aren't here, <laughs> for this collective. How does that feel to hear the director of YMI sit here and say, I I love this idea. This is perfect. This is what needed to be done. This is for our people mm-hmm. and you family. You fo- mm-hmm. you I knows mm-hmm. you. I knows you what she said, okay? I knows you. I'm mm-hmm. ad libbing of course. How does that make you feel just hearing her say that? Oh, it feels it feels wonderful, but I think even more so it, it feels like a mirror. I think mm. we're mirror images in the sense that when I walk into YMI, and, I, and I'm a newbie, right? So yes. Duane has been here for generations. Mm. I'm a newbie to Asheville. So when I hear the story, the history of YMI and the entire area called the block, I'm just, I'm just amazed mm. of, of the richness mm. of the culture. And, and this could be said of many cities in America, but I'm here now. Okay, though. And so, so when I walk into YMI and I just feel its history and I see Dewana and know the work that the community is doing, this feels like an opportunity not just for me and mm. for my partners. It's an opportunity for our entire community. So Indeed. when I hear you talk, Dewana, it's like I'm talking to myself. Mm. She's talking to me. We're talking the same language. Yes. And, and we're doing it. 
you know, because we deserve this and because our time is now. Yes. So I'm just thrilled that we have the opportunity to bring an opportunity to mm. other folks in this yes. community. That's what it's about. Yes. Self-sustainability. That's what we want to see. That's it. All about and the money. And the money. <laughs> I'm just saying, just in case y'all didn't get the message. That's but right. that that is very important. Because it's, it's not just about us. It's about everybody else. Because everybody got to eat. How yes. are we going to do this? How are we going to lay foundations? It's great to talk about, oh, we want economic stability we want changes in our community but are we opening up opportunities for that mm-hmm. and that's what this is all about and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just impressed now Ms. Ravenel with the social climate change that the Black Lives Matter initiatives has brought upon us as a movement to wake up the whole world <laughs> that change is here and it's done we already won the game. We just showing up. Okay? Y'all, y'all don't hear that thunder in the back, but that's Shango. But I, mean, I ain't going to give y'all the extras on that right now. I'm just letting y'all know we done with that, okay? So anyway, so with the BLM impact that has been bringing into the communities, what encouraged you and your business partners to open the WA Collective AVL? Mm, you know, I think the time has always been now, mm. <laughs> mm. you know, we can't deny that. Like we know, we know that black lives matter. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need a movement to tell us that, mm-hmm. but it, it's still this opportunity where we can talk about collective liberation because oh, it's about us, but it's about it. all of us. Yes. You know, it's about our our white brothers and sisters as well, yes. supporting us yes. truly with their actions and their dollars Indeed. in this work. <laughs> Indeed. You know, so I think, again, it's just an opportunity that BLM just kind of opened up for all of us to really be looking at how we are moving as a society, how right. we are divided, where can we come together and, and be unified in this, in this effort. And mm. so I, I think... While the world is watching, particularly yes. Asheville, let's move. Let's do this. Oh, all right then. Mm-hmm. The time is now, as Ms. Ravenel says, and she said it's always been now. Just thought y'all wanted to hear that one more time. Now, how are the black vendors and local artists receiving this storefront opportunity? How can they be a part of this? Mm. Well, first of all, it's to say this is a this is a long time in coming, right? This yes. has been needed in our community. We think about gentrification, and there is no one individual that I know that can afford a storefront okay. on their own, right? Okay. Okay. And, and why would you sign up for that struggle? Okay. So if we do this collectively, yes. then we're all benefiting. We're all carrying the load mm. of collective liberation again. Right. For us, and so when the idea first came out, it, it started as a as just an art opening, and people got excited, wow. and people are calling. So I, I think it's word of mouth. There's some social media out there, but it, it's really because people want it. It's exciting, and they're talking about it, and they're wow. coming in, and they're presenting their wares, and knowing that this is a great opportunity for them. Wow. I'm impressed. Now, 
Mr. Wong, got a couple more questions to ask you right here. Do you foresee us having our annual Kwanzaa celebration this year? Definitely. There has always, since I've been in my position, been a, a event that we have always wanted to host and have. It's important. It's important to our community, and definitely um, we had keep that space open. Y'all already on our calendar because we just keep that. We know it's happening. We just like <laughs> it's not a question. That's of right. If it's That's right. It's not. a done deal. It's it's Corona step this back. This is our thing. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kwanzaa definitely. Um, we always like as long as I'm in my position and doing what I do, we'll make that space. Thank you, Mr. Wana. And for those who are in nice positions to make donations so that these black spaces can remain open, hospitable, flourishing, enjoyable for our generations to come. Mr. Wana, how can they make a donation to the YMI? Y'all can go to our website. On the front page, there's a big donate button. Click on it. We got you. (laughs) All the donations that we can get are needed. So thank you so much in advance for your donations. Exactly. That's wonderful. (laughs) Now, is there another way that people can reach you or your assistant for the YMI? So, um, y'all, welcome to call in. But we have social media, Facebook, Instagram, why am I cultural center? We are the only why am I cultural center. So <laughs> <laughs> hit us up. Um, and y'all can connect to us any any of those ways. Um, just look for us. We even our Goombe is on social media. So hey. um, y'all can definitely reach out. Goombe is going to be is our annual event and it's going to be amazing. Yes. So please look out for information on that. Yes, honey. If y'all don't know about that Goombe Festival that we put on over at the block, right there by that doggone YMI, honey. We talking food, drinks. We talking colors. Folks wear their cultural outfits. They shine. I never seen so much glistening dark brown skin up in there in one spot at the same time. We don't get that a whole lot up here in Appalachia. Just thought I'd just throw that out there. So it's a big event for folks. And not just that. We have vendors available. Vendors with their wares. They've been waiting all year round just to show their beautiful contributions to the community to make money and to be a part of culture. It's called a Goombe. Hey. All right, so I'm sorry. I just went. I went all the way out there. I, I'm just reminiscing on a couple of experiences. Uh, you got to bear with the girl. But hold on here, Miss Ravenel. If folks wanted to, you know, make a donation or need to contact you over that here Noir Collective, okay? Tell us how we're gonna do that here. Okay. Well, you can reach us via email at Noir Collective AVL. That's N-O-I-R, collective, A-V-L, at gmail.com. And we, too, are receiving donations. Uh, you can go to paypal.me forward slash noir, N-O-I-R, collective, A-V-L. And you heard it today. Thanks for coming in our house, enjoying this space with us, listening to the initiatives that 
we're presenting for our community here in Asheville. And we're encouraging you to be a part of our community. First of all, know that we're progressive and we're healing and we're celebrating life here in Asheville as people of color. And you can always come and do that. And you can always hear more about our lovely city right here at Enchanting Asheville. <laughs> Bye for now. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and our guests as much as we enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for being a part of it. Now for just a few thoughts. Here are some notes about self-sustaining efforts of the African-American diaspora. In the early 20th century, Black Wall Street, or formerly named Greenwood, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was created. This land owned by African-Americans had flourishing success with business and home ownerships. According to the editors of Encyclopedia Britannica, racial violence conveniently broke out in this district of strong economic hold by African-Americans. The massacre was started in May 31st, 1921, lasted two days. Between 30 to 300 people, of which primarily were black, were murdered. In this historical black district, more than 1,400 houses of this community were destroyed and businesses were burned down. Nearly 10,000 people were left homeless. This incident was kept out of public mention until the late 1990s under pressure of a state commission. What kicked off this massacre and who were these participants mentioned to have done these horrific acts? I'm ashamed to mention all of this information, so do your research. I'll give you a hint. Another accusation against a black man was created. Oh, but people, don't be discouraged. You can't keep excellence down. Current tycoon Aliko Dangolt, the richest black man in the world, is worth $10.9 billion, which was noted in 2019. As of 2020, this Nigerian businessman is now worth $15 billion. His money came primarily from investments in cement, flour, and sugar. Robert F. Smith, the richest black man in the country, is worth $5 billion. His source of wealth came from private equity, and he's an outstanding philanthropist. Sean Carter, known as Jay-Z, has a net worth of $1 billion from smart investments and his music legacy. Michael Jordan's net worth is $1.6 billion from sports and endorsements. Oprah Winfrey is worth $2.6 billion from media initiatives. So don't let the horrors of the past keep you from all the glory in your future. Ho!
Now here's your weekly enchantment where I offer healing words for my Ashevillians and curious travelers. Come with me, my people. Move like smoke. Your spirit is taking a journey with me to witness a miracle happening. Be silent as you line up your bodies quietly against the geode walled cave. This cave opens facing a cliff and down below you can hear and see ocean waves crashing alongside this mountain. It's virtually impossible to get to this location unless you're flying. With great anticipation, you all look at me wondering what will you see. I put my finger over my lips to remind you to be absolutely silent. And it starts to happen. Leaders, dignitaries, and people of high authority fly in and find a seat. They're here from their slumber and sit in a circle side by side. You've never seen so many different cultures, different forms of beauty and outfits of their high quality native attires. They come from all over the world. They all look bewildered at one another, wondering why they're here. In the middle of this circle of me and these folks of authority, all appear to notice the whole dug of earth in the middle. Sticks suddenly catch fire and the flame is burning blue a foot high. I feel the chill of the night air being chased out by the warmth of this beautiful blue flame. The jewels dance from behind you, witnesses, on the wall around us. Our guests inhale deeply, for they feel safe and comfortable. Each one of them smells sweet aromas of their own unique liking that connects them to home and they all open their eyes as they exhale deeply and they turn my way. I nodded, starting from my left to each dignitary in the circle. And I continue until the last person on my right. I lift my hands off my lap with palms upside to the ceiling. To my amazement, a jeweled-looking ear of corn appears in my hands. I stare at this unusual maze, and I close my eyes for a brief moment. I realize that the maze represents people of each country. 
I took the corn and I gave it to the person to my right. I look at that person intensely because I wanted to give this corn to the person on my left, but was told to give it to my person on my right. The person looks at me deeply, wondering what to do with this corn. I trust the great spirit knows exactly what to convey to each person that held the corn. That first person took the corn and put it to his ears and listens. He closes his eyes at that point, so I close my eyes as well. I wanted to see and hear what he was seeing and hearing. He heard the cries and sobbing of women in his family. He saw the images of these family members crying and their counterparts holding them dearly to control their lamentations. Then all of a sudden he starts hearing the playing and laughter of children in his community. And he sees the sun shining upon their skin. He sees himself sitting on a beautiful throne with people bowing to him saying, thank you, thank you for being so benevolent. Thank you for using divine wisdom. May all your days be blessed. May all your seeds be fruitful for the harvest. He looks at me with tears running down his cheeks and he nods to me. While looking back at the corn, he nods at the corn and gingerly passes to the next person to his right. This continues until every person has a moment with that corn. Once back in my hands, I say thank you so much and I toss the coin inside the flame. Poof! We see some type of blue smoke bellow from the flame and envelops all of us. The popping of the corn starts and it spews jeweled rocks all around the flame. Everyone made a sound like awe. I stand up from my position with my walking staff and bow to every dignitary starting from my left with a smile and with my hands in prayer saying thank you they each faded back, back home, back in their beds, back to slumber. One by one, until they all are gone, they return from whence they came. I hit the ground three times with my staff, and I see you guys, and you see me. You intuitively know what you witnessed, a new foundation of happiness, prosperity, health for every one of those countries. 
we all come together in that circle and we put our arms around each other's shoulders and we look at each other lovingly and we smile. Then we break off into laughter with tears running down our faces because we are filled with a joy that you don't even know from whence it came. I look at you with my dark brown eyes dancing the light of the flames. I put my arms down and you all put your arms down and we bowed into the circle. With my left hand appearing these glittery substances looking like sand, I blew it into the air and you are back home in your respective places. Bring your awareness back to your seat. Notice the drumming fading away. We recalibrated wisdom, strength, and love from our benevolent ancestors back into our hearts and minds. Just know they love you. I love you. Thanks again for joining me in my realm. Join us again next week as we sit down with Michael Martinez, a musician and local activist. We will talk about his work to advance equity in our community. Hey! We are looking for sponsors and benefactors for this show so that we can continue elevating the equity work being done in our community. If you know a business or someone who would like to financially support our show, please contact us at supervixen19 at gmail.com. That is S-U-P-E-R-V-X-N-1-9 at gmail.com. You can follow me at Superfixing Conversationalist on Instagram and Facebook. If you are interested in hiring me directly for conversations or private enchantments, you can reach me for appointments at superfixin19 at gmail.com. If you would like to make a donation, PayPal me at paypal.me forward slash S-U-P-E-R-V-X-N-1-9. Thank you for your support. You've heard my enchantment and received it well. Now go forth and be a part of this loving community movement that is enchanting Asheville and beyond. Bye for now. Hey, witches. Boom, zap! <laughs>